0: Hello, I'm Dr. Len Baer. Today is Sunday, July 16th, 2023, and this is Targeted Justice v. Garland podcast. It's a podcast about an extraordinary lawsuit, and this is a week 29 update. This will be an episode you're not going to want to miss because of what happened this this week in the legal realm of the Uh, But first, let's say hi to our guests. First and foremost, a fearless human being, a David who challenged an ever powerful Goliath, an intellectual heavyweight, who sees through the games the deep state is playing, our most precious human asset, Anna Toledo. Hello, Anna.
1: Oh, thank you, Len. That's so pretty. Thank you. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Anna. This is every time I'm looking forward to introducing it, introducing you in some some other way. And it and it comes so easy because you truly are an invaluable asset for all targeted individuals and for all Americans, because this lawsuit touches everybody. And our special guest today, Gary Walderman. Uh, He is is an ally to targeted individuals. He's not a targeted individual. He's a podcaster and an empathic human being who makes his position know that injustice inflicted upon targeted individuals will not be tolerated. Gary, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate it.
0: We're happy to have you.
2: Uh, Let's get
0: to the... um, Legal update, it's a long-awaited legal update because there's some important things happen in the lawsuit. So let's get to it. Anna, please.
1: Um, Yes, actually, before uh, getting into the lawsuit, I want to congratulate Len because he is our newest member uh, of the Board of Targeted Justice, and we're so proud to have him uh, because uh, his work and... Uh, his commitment and his uh, resilience, fighting for this, is just uh, superhuman. And so we want to welcome him and everybody. Just send him messages of oh, congratulations! Um, uh, yes, we waited for this moment for six exactly six months because it is. It is very curious that the decision in the case was issued exactly six months after it was filed on July 11th. As we had anticipated, uh, it it was a possibility that the case could get dismissed and we had to go to Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. So I had already applied for my good standing certificate from uh, my originating US District Court, which is Puerto Rico. And even though I'm admitted to Southern District of Texas, obviously, so I already had it in my desk waiting for it to be sent with along with my application for admission to the Fifth Circuit. So it wasn't like I had to like run and and get all nervous about getting it on time. And uh, the day after we got the judgment, I filed um, notice the notice of appeal uh, before the Fifth Circuit. So uh in that sense, this, you know our backup plan is, is working so far. And and I want to uh I have been doing all this week, I've been going into the conference calls, the TI conference calls, and I have to say thanks to everybody because the support is amazing. And uh and it is not about me, but it's what I see in the community, which is that the TI community has come together. And uh, in, in in an act of empowerment, and because this is the hope, this case brings hope to all of us uh, to to be free. Um, but I'm going to go into the discussion of what happened. Uh, the the judge, the court, in this case. Uh, issued a memorandum and order, signed a, uh, a memorandum and order, dismissing, it's it's the first time I see something like this where it's not only dismissing everything because people, uh, plaintiffs usually have, the, the court grants them an opportunity to make an amendment if they so, if they deem it necessary, but it's like dismissing everything except for some little Privacy Act claims and um, and then just never, ever, ever file again with prejudice, you know? um one of the things that is stuck out uh, at me was that four documents are not mentioned in this in this memorandum and order which are the two oppositions that plaintiffs filed to the motions to dismiss they're not discussed at all and uh the discussion on the motion to compel uh, the limited production uh, on the discovery uh, as you know uh, we requested the court to order the fbi to produce the status of plaintiffs on the TSTB. It's the minimum uh, that could have been done because that's a list that's under their control. Uh, However, the court, uh, aside from saying that it has bizarre and incredible allegations, which uh, it's it's very uncharacteristic in this context, uh, it also says that uh, they do not allege uh, that, that the plaintiffs had um, to prove at, the, at a pleading stage, which is not accurate, to prove that they had seen the list, had access to the list, and why? how come they haven't produced it? Well, that's exactly what plaintiffs were asking for. Okay. There are two levels of, uh, uh, when, when you file a lawsuit, a court uh, is supposed to accept as true all the well-pleaded facts. And in particular, the Supreme Court has says that Rule 12b-6 does not countenance dismissals based on a judge's disbelief of a complaint's factual allegation, like in this case that she put in quotation marks, uh, the words directed energy weapons, as if it was a myth. Um, So the Supreme Court has also said that asking for plausible grounds does not impose a probability requirement at the pleading stage. It simply calls for enough facts to raise a reasonable expectation that discovery will reveal evidence of illegal acts. Well, the first part of this lawsuit, up to page 74, the Second Amendment complaint, has enough facts as to completely uncontroverted about, you know, uh, the fact that, Admitted by the FBI in a statement under penalty of perjury, innocent civilians are being placed in a terrorist screening database for other purposes. Then we have the sworn statement by Mr. Robinson saying that that's a secret criteria used for putting people on this list. Then you have the whistleblowers. One of the interesting things is that the court refused to take judicial notice of the congressional testimony contained in a congressional report, which is susceptible of judicial notice, about how supervisors in the, at the FBI benefit economically from thirty dollars to $50,000, depending on the amount of people they can classify as domestic terrorists. What Mr. Friend uh, didn't say, and I think it's uh, really, the, he doesn't, I mean, I, he didn't say, is that classifying somebody as a domestic terrorist Really, what it means is to be placed on the terrorist screening database, which is uh, distributed throughout the nation and throughout sixty countries. And in the nation, last last count i uh, I saw in the internet is seventy four thousand entities and persons. However, I did include in the in the mm-hmm. lawsuit the sworn statement information that it is given to eighteen thousand law enforcement tribal, federal, and state. A agencies, uh, 1,440 organizations, and 532, 36 corporations—the uh, biggest corporations in the United States, such as CBS, Kroger, um, uh, Airbnb. So, uh, more than a million people get get this information, including, you know, in the fusion centers when they send, send out these people. Uh, it is my position that even a non-targeted individual could file this lawsuit for declaratory judgment because it is the arbitrary, capricious inclusion of innocent civilians on a list that uh, constitutes government defamation. Um, So uh, in in the decision, the court does not go into discussing this illegality, despite of the fact that one of the claims, aside from the declaratory judgment, to declare illegal the practice of putting innocent civilians on a terrorist database. When Homeland Security Presidential Directive Number Six stated that only known and suspected terrorists could be placed on that list, this is a huge violation of uh, the Fourth Amendment—that you cannot, you know, unreasonable searches and seizure because it is a seizure of the person to include them on a list that they don't belong to because they don't have probable cause to be there, which is the reasonable grounds standards that they supposedly use to put place people in, in on this list. Uh, I mean, I could read uh, many of the uh, paragraphs here for uh, that that uh, clearly uh, establish that the allegations are neither fantastical nor bizarre. Uh, it, for example, defendants FBI. Uh, Defending FBI Ray and Cable know that people, including in handling codes three and four, which is where the non-investigative subjects are placed, do not meet terrorist criteria, yet under color of law continue to illegally maintain plaintiffs hostage under those categories in open violation of their constitutional substantive and due process right. Do Do you hear anything bizarre or fantastical in that allegation? It's a pure argument, it's a pure statement of fact based on the Constitution. And so are the first you know, 74 pages, uh, as I have mentioned, uh, uh, on many occasions. I did a copy and paste. This, this lawsuit, most of its paragraphs are direct copy and paste from news articles, admissions by the FBI, admissions by the DOJ. Most of it is based on audit reports prepared by the Department of Justice that conclude that this list is being badly managed including which the court didn't want to take judicial notice of that the fbi um field offices nominate people to this list without complying with agency regulation that is a huge violation of the administrative procedures act however the court didn't want to uh, look into it Um, so um i i i feel um I feel confident that we we have a very good um, a opportunity for appeal and uh, and you know even grateful to the fact that and that that uh, the court didn't grant a hearing because here's what happens when you when when we go now to the court of appeals the review is what they call de novo the standard of review because the court didn't hold hearings she the court didn't have to do. An evaluation and assessment of the credibility of any witness. So usually, courts of appeal, court of appeals defer to the criteria, to the appreciation of the evidence by the lower courts. This didn't happen in this case. So it um, facilitates it. Make it makes it faster for us to go uh, on, on appeal. Well, um, there are many things about about this case that uh, that I think uh, you know will be disturbing to the court of appeals, such as that not even a scheduling o- order was issued when the case was transferred to Houston. That's not normal, um, and 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 there are other things too. You know, the, the fact that none of the motions w- would be ruled up upon on time. Uh, so. I am confident. I, I really um, appreciate uh, the support from everybody um, uh, that has that has been listening in. Um, one of the one of the important claims we asked for was for the court to order Ray and Cable and DOJ and FBI and everybody to comply with the Constitution and the law. And that is not even discussed in, a, in the memorandum and order. So uh, it is my hope that uh, the right of petitioning for redress of grievances uh, that is guaranteed in the First Amendment will be honored, and that uh, we, we get, to, you know, we get uh, this decision reversed, because it's very unfortunate, not just for targeted individuals, but because of the precedent, it for, uh for all Americans. And um, the two the two documents that the court, the the motions that the court didn't want to take judicial notice of this is very important is number one, the whistleblower's testimony, which is so relevant to this case. And number two, uh, the memorandum on state secrets by uh, Eric Holder that is totally relevant because it proves uh, the uh, misrepresentations made by the individual capacity defendants in their motion. Um, there is such a thing as a Rule 11 uh, under Federal Rules of civil procedure that regulate what attorneys, when an attorney signs a document, uh, they are testing that to the best of their knowledge, it's correct in all of its parts. And, uh, and, and this memorandum from Eric Holder totally disproves that uh, defendants' attorneys did that. Uh, I also wanted to mention um, that you know the TransUnion case, which is so important and relevant to targeted individuals, well, uh, the court said, oh, it doesn't apply here. It doesn't apply here because they haven't proven that they have the list, which I'm, I'm not gonna comment, but a, that TransUnion clearly says, if you are erroneously classified as a known or suspected terrorist, and that information is disseminated. It is presumed that you have sustained an injury. In fact, I don't know how the court in this case uh, concludes that that doesn't apply to targeted individuals because that is the gist of the matter here, and it's a purely constitutional, open, you know, black and white um, issue. Um, I, I, that's pretty much. I'm going to be working. I already. Like I said, I already filed a notice of appeal. I'm gonna be calling tomorrow because I haven't received the docketing of the case and 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 uh, I, I should have received it. So I'm gonna be calling tomorrow. I'm gonna to be um, telling you whether there's gonna be, the hearings are gonna be in person or through Microsoft Teams, which was the last one I did before the first circuit was through Microsoft Teams. Uh, so we'll keep everybody um, posted. I will have on Tuesday a a conference call with Goji that we're going to explain to people how to write to these publicly traded companies that own and operate cell towers uh, to identify weaponized cell towers, to to take pictures of them and to send uh, letters to them under Securities Exchange Commission Rule 10B5, which states that the directors have to uh, inform their shareholders of any A situation that may hamper may uh, reduce the value of their shares and uh, so i'm going to be in that call and i'm going to be. um, explaining to to everybody that uh, calls in how to and we're going to have examples on the page how to send these letters, because this case is an important part of ending targeting, but we rely on this Community to for the grassroots organizing and the empowerment. Every morning I am I repeat to everybody, you have to wake up in the morning and say, what am I going to do today to end my targeting? And and uh, that is going to move mountains. That is going to do make the difference. Uh, so I, I really um, urge you to to start this letter writing campaign that we're going to start on, on Tuesday. Len?
0: Very good. Thank you very much for this update. Uh, To summarize what you just said is uh, that um, the judge uh, granted the defendants their motion to dismiss our case. uh, And now we're moving to the um, appeal state. And the appeal uh, will be made in the Fifth Circuit circuit of Appeals. Sorry, (laughs) I can't speak right now. And so I was not... um, aware of how the uh, appellate courts work so I prepared some slides that I would like to share with you to educate myself and our listeners about uh, what these courts do and how they operate so we're going to talk about the fifth circuit um u.s court of appeals for the fifth circuit it is uh, one of the 12 courts of appeal that sit right but just below the U.S. Supreme Courts. Uh, organized regionally, these uh, 12 courts are organized regionally, and the Fifth Cir- uh, uh, Circuit has jurisdiction over the states of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. So this is how we ended up in uh, in uh, uh, Fifth Circuit, because we filed in Texas. Uh, the court is loca- located in New Orleans, Louisiana, and here at the end it has 17 Active judges with the Chief Judge Priscilla uh, uh, Richmond. Um, how does that uh, is that accurate information so far, Anna?
1: Yes, completely. And and it's um, I might add, it's one of the most uh, 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 it's well known for adhering to the Constitution. It's it's a court that that is a uh, a defender of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights,
0: which is truly encouraging. Next slide. Um, So this is how the uh, Court of Appeals operate. They do not hold trials, but they review, review decisions of trial courts for errors of law. Only courts with the original jurisdiction hold trials. So in this case, it would be... Uh, the Houston District Court, or perhaps the Victoria District Court, and I, I will I will ask you Anna, about uh, about that distinction because we originally filed in the Victoria District Court, and then for some unknown reason it was moved to Houston. Um, both parties file briefs, which is a legal written legal document, and sometimes oral arguments are permitted, but during this Oral arguments, only the attorneys for the uh, plaintiffs and the defendants are allowed to speak to the court um, during that event. Uh, Each case uh, will have a judicial council um, that consists of the chief judges and the equal number of circuit and district judges, which means that the minimum number of judges uh, would be three. Um, Perhaps it could be a higher, Diana, do you have any uh, um, um, anything to comment on this information?
1: No, no, only that I mean it's it's really um, it's it's really challenging because the people that are up there usually have you know very privileged minds. so it's it's a great intellectual challenge, and I love doing it. and I love preparing for it because i I it, I think it's the favorite. Uh, thing I've enjoyed out of my entire law practice in terms of going to court.
0: That's that's wonderful. Uh, I I would like you to address the difference between the um, um, the, the the courts in which we filed originally and then um, and the and the court in which we received a dismissal. Um, how does that play out? And if and if it's a part of uh, our uh, strategy, I don't want uh, you don't have to say anything. You can just say no comments. But I am I am curious because we know that we were moved from one court to another,
1: and nobody asked for it. Uh, that's true. That's that I hadn't seen that uh, before. Uh, there is a precept in federal courts that the choice the forum that plaintiffs choose is to be respected uh, three days after i filed the amended complaint the case was moved to houston i believe that uh, i had to add some language i i i filed a complaint i went to france i filed a preliminary injunction went to france and while i was in france they uh, granted the extension for the preliminary injunction and uh, so when I came back, I, I did get, dream. I'm not kidding. I did get like dreams or whispering to my ear. So I amended the complaint to include adi- additional language and uh, I re- basically reorganized it to make it more cohesive. And uh, so three days after I filed the new and improved uh, amended complaint, the judge on its own volition uh, moved it Moved, ordered moving the case to Houston, Uh, even though nobody asked for it, as I said, and even though it was appropriately filed in Victoria. So that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at in the appeal, Um, aside from the fact that, uh, you know, some, some, uh, this case, this case, uh, Calendar was not like a normal uh, case. You know, we, we didn't have a scheduling order issued. Uh, the motions were accumulated and not decided until the very end. You know, uh, the motion to compel discovery uh, would have, you know, in a fact-finding process, it's essential. The I I I would have thought the court wanted to know uh, the status, the TDS TSDB status of the plaintiffs, and. Uh, The court instead said that, well, plaintiffs don't know if they're on the list or not, which two of them definitely do, and and the others definitely do, but we don't, you know, as an attorney, I cannot allege they know they're on the list because they haven't seen it, and that's my signature under Rule 11, I would be sanctioned. And that's why the plaintiffs did privacy at requests, because they did their due diligence to get the most information possible prior to filing the complaint so that it would contain the most accurate statements of fact. And that is what, you know, 80% of that lawsuit, as I have repeated all the time, is that comes from government documents, from official testimony under penalty of perjury. You know. This list has not stopped a single act of terrorism. And that is something we have to start getting out there to the public. Uh, This list is a mechanism to suppress opposition and and to deter whistleblowers. Because whistleblowers know, like Mr. O'Boyle said in Congress, the FBI will crush you. And that's exactly what it's for. Don't you dare denounce corruption. Don't you dare denounce your neighbor doing something improper because if your neighbor has appropriate connections, you will end up on this list. And uh, it is un-American. It is, it is completely opposite to our freedom rights. And so it, we we want to, I was last this week, I was in a program and I explained to people, many people are on the list. They don't know that they are on the list. We need to stop the narrative of, you know, uh, of the... Of all the you know the nomenclature that uh, TIs use, and we have to start talking about you know, when you bought a fridge, it got to your house with a dent on the door, when you had a a duplicate uh, credit card charge or withdrawal from your ATM machine, and you just don't think anything of it, but you know what? It's probably that you're targeted and you don't even know it, and you're getting slightly microwaved at night. Uh, Uh, I'm I'm telling people to do the cupping of their ears exercise. You cup your ears after 30 in a silent place after 30 seconds, maybe a minute. You will hear these very light pops. Those are microwave pulses. It, you can do it, you know, in the privacy of a bathroom, so you don't and nobody thinks you're crazy, like they're trying to imply, you know. It, 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 these there are 300 to 400 thousand. Americans and six million people around the globe that are being tortured by the United States, U.S. Uh, United States Space Force. This has got to stop. Congress has got to stop the funding. We're not going to stop fighting this this uh, judicial uh, uh, channel, but we we I ask that now more than ever, TIs continue in their activism, peaceful activism, uh, because. I think we got, and you might agree with me, we got the attention of the public, right? Since this complaint was filed, all of a sudden people are talking about targeted, about somebody being targeted, target, right? Len?
0: Right. Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm encouraged by the fact that it is slowly becoming a part of the public discourse. And uh, our uh, special guest uh, today, um is a perfect example of somebody who is not a targeted individual but has been exposed to uh, the phenomenon of targeting and um i would really like uh gary to, uh, uh for you to address your personal uh intellectual evolution about uh about this phenomenon gary
2: okay um i i don't remember exactly when i heard about it um it has to have been 10 years something like that I feel like I've known about the 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 possibility of targeting for quite a while but I just like I saw the amount of people who were at least publicly complaining that something was happening I saw that just keep growing and I have not done a ton of research into it because on the surface of it, even when I first looked into it, it looked like it's very covert. It's very well protected. It's very um, high ups, apparently don't want this information to be out. And that's what I got just from everything I looked at, everything that that I sort of ingested through social media. and. kind of pairing that with, and I don't consider myself a truther by any means. I feel like that label has is, is been very tarnished, and people have been put into groups, and um, that, that group has been very, very much attacked over the years. So I don't really put labels on myself. I, I just keep an open mind and try to remain rational when thinking about the things that present themselves. But one of the things that I feel pairs with um, what targeted individuals face is the the term conspiracy theorist, which came out something in like the 1960s or something apparently created by um, the CIA, I believe, as a means to discredit anyone who is attacking those who have the means and the power to defend the attack, right? And at the same time, I feel like schizophrenia itself is very much related and linked to to the targeted individual's phenomenon possibly completely caused by it i'm to the point now where i don't know i feel like most of the problems we have in this reality are manufactured to some extent just like uh you know Somebody smacks you over the head, and then the guy right next to him sells you the cure for for your broken head. Right, like they're working. It, it feels like they're working together in general with most of the major problems that we face in this reality. Um, and it's worked really, really well, as far as I can
3: tell. Like when I saw Havana Syndrome hit 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 the
2: public circuit, I thought, well, this this may be, you know. Maybe the public will at least believe some of it that something may be happening to people because it's clearly happening to these these political representatives. And they're accepting it right like the 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 public itself is accepting that something was happening to these people so it's not very much of a stretch to say this may this may be targeting someone else besides public officials right. as far as like where I feel like it's going I think it's promising that somebody is actually working on um, legal representation that that seems to be moving along I wanted to ask you Anna um, do you feel like this is one of the first cases where uh, an actual case is being presented and and it it has a a chance of of getting more more view more more um, acceptance from the public at large and the, the court system itself. Do you feel like that this is one of the first ones, or have there been cases in the past where they've just been completely thrown out and everyone is crazy type of thing?
1: Exactly, that's exactly it. When I was doing the research for this case, I noticed the pattern. There's hundreds hundreds of cases filed in federal court. Uh, and I assume many in state court as well, Uh, and they were all dismissed, uh, alleging exactly that these are mentally unstable people, that this is, you know, uh, the difference of this case from those cases is that we are attacking the constitutionality of the actions of, of public officials of including private individuals that are non-investigative subjects that don't meet this uh, so, um, probable cause, which is you know the standard to put them on the list and they are uh, indiscriminately placing people there. So uh, the difference of this case and the hundreds that have been um, dismissed is that it is based on uncontroverted facts Admissions by the FBI. There is an FBI former uh, terrorist screening center deputy director admitting under penalty of perjury that innocent civilians, people that don't meet the terrorist criteria, are included in this list for other purposes. that there's nothing more un-American than that, okay? And and since they don't represent a terrorist threat, I almost know it by heart because I've repeated it so many times. And because they don't represent a terrorist threat, they are never stopped uh, at airports for screening. What this means is it is kept away from them, but it is spread everywhere. And a lot of targeted individuals have been entrapped into crimes that they either didn't commit or they were just pushed into it. And because they didn't know the law, they were pushed into it, uh, the wellness checks. They send police to your house to see if you're well, and next thing you know, you're in an ambulance and they put you in a mental hospital. This is America today, and this is what they're doing. So that is the difference of this case. At up, oh, It's 125 pages, but up to page 74, it is based on newspaper articles, on government documents, uh, and on controverted facts that innocent civilians are being placed on this list. So you have to ask yourself what for, why?
2: What What is the list called again? What's the legal name of this list?
1: The legal name is the terrorist screening database. And what just jumps at you is that in the court's decision, they accept as true the word that, uh, the, the term that the government uh, offered which was data set data set okay data set because in the eventuality that they are forced to to show it they just want to show like an excel, excel spreadsheet except that in prior cases challenging the TSDB that have been filed by actual known and suspected terrorists for example a Haiti versus cable in Virginia well the attorneys were given the opportunity to examine the, the terrorist screening database in camera in the judges' chambers. This uh, was, was not contemplated here, even though prior cases have contemplated it and have allowed it as part of the plaintiff's due process rights. So that's another uh, deviation from what has happened up to this date in terms of these kind of cases.
0: If I may intervene, uh, this is a really interesting uh, switch that has happened in our case, that switch from TSDB to TSDS. And so TSDB stands for database, and TSDS stands for dataset, terrorist searching, screening database versus dataset. I have not, I haven't caught that moment when the defendants switched that language. I, I I followed all their all their filings. At some point, that switch was made because in the early filings, I know that they also used uh, TSDB, and then, that at some point they switched to TSDS. Do you recall, Anna, when when it happened and and what uh, 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 was the uh, triggering point? No.
1: Uh... In the first motion to dismiss, official capacity defendants' motions to dismiss, they said uh, the ter- terrorist screening database eh, is a, the term is used just as the terrorist screening is the data set, and that's not true. That is absolutely not true. Data set would be like a, a list of the people there. The database contains all the derog- supposedly derogatory information. Who nominated everything? Okay, And that is the list that not only do we are seeking access to, but that has been granted access to to other people and other prior cases such as El Haiti versus Cable uh, case. Uh, so they were go- going on and on with the mantra of the data set, but nowhere in the law does it talk about the data set. They always refer to the database. and that is what all the legal official legal reference talk about that on the two motions to dismiss, they started repeating data set, data set, just to, you know, sort of like some subliminal messaging going on.
0: Okay, thank you for that clarification. I apologize for uh, interrupting your exchange. Uh, Gary, please continue. This is your time.
2: I wanted to, um, this is related to the Patriot Act, right? The, The idea that you can put American citizens on a terrorist watch list legally. Is is that where it came in?
1: In 2003, former President Bush enacted an executive order called Homeland Security Presidential Directive 6. Uh, it, it provided for the creation of a law enforcement tool that would be a list. Uh, joining all the different lists from different agencies, and it was only supposed to contain known and suspected terrorists that's the list it, it didn't say oh you can put there people for other things or no 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 known and suspected terrorists and there is something called a watch listing guidance that provides you know even though they they're really not not uh very uh, strict about you know the criteria but it provides some terrorist criteria that you should abide by the thing is that um, Uh, pursuant to the Office of Inspector General Report uh, 08-16, the FBI was sending, it found, among other things, that it was sending nominations to the terrorist screening center from the field offices were sending nominations without complying, and I quote, without complying with agency regulations. What that means is that they were placing people there uh, that didn't really meet the criteria. They, they didn't bother to check if they met the criteria. Then uh, this this uh, spring, we have had the testimony of all those whistleblowers saying that they were pressured to put the parents from school that went to school board meetings uh, and and other people that they didn't really think met the terrorist criteria to be classified as domestic terrorist. It is my belief that these whistleblowers don't have the level of security clearance to know that the insistence was to be able to place them on the program. But that doesn't really matter for the controversy we have in the court. What we have in the court is that by the FBI's own admission, there are innocent civilians in a terrorist database, and that's illegal
2: is it is it your do you feel that targeted individuals are directly linked with that list as far as why they are targeted, or do you think that's a, a peripheral um, connection or is it you feel like it's directly related?
1: Well, two of our plaintiffs had have had experiences where they were told basically that they were uh, Known terrorists I mean, they were suspected terrorists okay uh, and and that's how that's why they do have standing and the judge sort of uh, mentions it in the in her decision uh one of them was on the ground with attacks up to his to his ankle he had a blood clot and the sheriffs came in the deputy sheriffs and said "Ambulances out there but we cannot let them in because we have to secure the area we were told there was a terrorist living in the premises Uh, He's an engineer, he's one of our plaintiffs. Uh, He has never had anything to do with terrorism and he was only living there with his 87 year old mother. Uh, And then the other one is Karen Stewart who is a former NSA uh, intelligence officer that uh, had sort of a similar experience. She went to the announced the gang stalking and asked the person, the deputy sheriff at that moment was, wait, let me look, let me look for it. And uh, what's your name again? Uh, Really, oh, I can't talk to you anymore. And that was, you know, that was the exchange. So we have a, you know, these plaintiffs have, why would you put innocent civilians on a list and tell police that interact with them? Don't tell them they're on the list, uh, but look around when you, if you do a traffic stop or intervene with them, just look around to see if you find something, because that is one of the documents we submitted. It's the directive that the FBI gives to police departments across the nation. So yes, there is a connection, uh, and that the way that they um, get uh, vigilantes hired by the fusion centers to go after uh, targeted individuals is telling them that they are terrorists, that they are pedophiles, and that they are, you know, a, a whole um, a whole list of horrible things. Uh, so uh, people they send these. People out on the streets to to do organized talking, and uh, this is you know it's a it's a it's a very sad it's a very sad situation where we are right now. Um, one one of the things that that people need to understand is this was done for population con- for the control mind control of the population. And uh right now the same technology that is being used against targeted individuals which is the cell towers are being used to uh, to carry out the, the directed energy weapons attacks because they are weaponized. It, they are used for subliminal messaging of the population uh, And that is uh, an invasion of of everybody's mind without a warrant in my opinion you know uh, So it, this does not, The fact that cellular towers are weaponized and are being used for improper purposes is not limited to targeted individuals. It affects every American, every freedom-loving American out there. And that's why this message has to get out, because before it's too late, I think we caught it on time, and that's why we're doing this battle in court. But any freedom-loving American has to pay attention because um, they might be targeted. You know, you wake up with what you think is fibromyalgia in the mornings and you feel like a little, you know, not yourself. It might be that they microwaved you all night and you didn't even know it because that's why it's called no, to- no touch torture.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So people need to pay attention. And I hope, you, I hope you can help us spread the word that, you know, pay attention because you could be next.
2: Can, can you share uh, a little bit, I've heard of the fusion centers, but can you share a little bit more about what you understand those to be? And are they known? Or is this something that is not like talked about in the public? Like, what are they exactly? Where are they?
3: Oh, I love your kitty. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh,
1: eh, oh, I, oh, 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 my God, <laughs> is that like 18 pounds? Oh, my God. No, oh,
2: he's, he's, he's probably like 12, but he's bigger than both. He's he's pretty, pretty big. He's oh, or-
1: precious. God bless him. Well, the fusion centers, I really urge you. There's a, an entity called the Brennan Center for Justice that is affiliated with NYU School of Law. They did an awesome, recently an awesome um, study on how fusion centers are nothing but uh, organizations, state organi. They're 99 around the, the nation. State organizations created to violate people's civil rights. Uh, they didn't. They don't even have a statutory authority. They are uh, mostly funded by DHS. And in Oregon, right now, there is an ongoing lawsuit, which is you know very interesting. You should look it up. That they're challenging their legality of the Fusion Center there because they go after people in ruthless uh, ways, okay? Uh, 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 in the case of targeted individuals, they are the ones that um, are in charge of doing the breaking and entering into the houses. They move your furniture around, they break your, you know, they tear your clothes, they stain your clothes, they break your favorite coffee pot, things like that. Uh, and uh, they do also, you have also the guard. That at least here in Houston, they do um, the electronic surveillance, all of our communications, you know, like what happened to, to Len with the hacking of his of his email accounts. All of our communications are severely uh, um, interfered with with uh, fake, you know, a, a, it is my position, illegal FISA warrants because FISA warrants are only supposed to be obtained against foreign uh, citizens that are involved in terrorism right, Uh, or in activities in furtherance of terrorist activities. And um, the FBI has been known that has been uh, abusing its access to the FISA court, and that's exactly what's right now before Congress limiting that authority, because a lot of, you know, hundreds of thousands of innocent Americans have been illegally, their communications interfered with by these uh, rogue um, agents and and uh, operatives of
3: of the of the of the government. Is
2: is there is there um is there meaning to fusion as in fusion center? Is it involving some type of computing system, or what does that mean exactly?
1: What it means is that a uh, they have state and federal agents working shoulder to shoulder in the supposedly counterterrorism efforts.
2: So it's just the word you're fusing the information together across the-
1: and the agents and then when you look at a, because I, I placed one of those uh, fusion center agreements in the in the in the record on the record and it's basically there's FBI agents station there, there's DHA's agent station there and they pretty much their procedures are controlled. By DHS and funded, and the and, uh, activities are funded by them. Now they're doing it through grants. Before it was more uh, direct funding. Uh, but basically, they control, and it's all supposedly under the guise of counterterrorism. You know, it, we do not have the terrorist uh, activity in this nation to justify uh, these 99 fusion centers that what they really do is go out after innocent Americans and may, make their lives a living hell.
2: The uh, fusion centers are organizing the gang stalking, as far as your understanding.
1: That is correct. That is, they are organizing. They're funding it, uh, and it, I don't think that their activity is not even one percent legitimate. I, you know, I, I really urge you look at uh, the Justice uh, uh, Brennan Justice for Center report. It is scathing, and and it is very well researched. ACLU has also uh, looked into their operations. And it's just a rogue abuse of people that are helpless, uh, people that um, you know uh, are really abused by the system. Sh- they should not exist. Just local sheriffs offices, and you know, the fusion center should definitely uh, be eradicated because they are they are the uh, part of root of the problem.
2: Yeah, I I wanted to ask both of you um, if you have heard of connection of the LHC, the the Hadron Collider systems with this mind control idea. And I haven't looked into it a whole bunch, but I remember I saw one um, self-proclaimed TI that he said, this thing is going to speak through me. And he did like 15 minutes. And of course, it could be made up. It could be, you know, contrived. I don't know. But he said the 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 being or the, I think it was some sort of AI or 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 even an operative that was working like inside of the Large Hadron Collider or one of them, one of the CERN units. The guy there said basically that that's what CERN is for. It's 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 mind control, like large way to to promulgate this. Have you heard of anything? Like that?
1: Well, I don't know if Len wants to address it, but I can tell you this much. There are two things going on in terms, well, many, many things going on, but they're all being administered from the United States Space Force in Trevers Air Force Base. That is the only Space Force Base that doesn't have a landing uh, area. It's all underground and they have the most powerful computer in the world. And they are the ones that fire the microwave weapons that are located in cell towers that are weaponized four panels in the same direction looking in the same direction with uh, patented uh, with a chip that was patented by the ericsson corporation which creates microwave beams this chip is not necessary for the transmission of voice and data uh, that is how they carry out their microwave attacks one of the f- versions of these attacks is what you're referring to, which is the auditory effect, microwave auditory effect, also known as voice to skull. Uh, that can be done in a myriad of ways, you know, with Adobe Vocal, they can take the voice of some uh, friend of yours and have you them whisper, you know, horrible things to you. Just, it's a 24 seven 24/7 torture. Uh, that collider has nothing to do with it. This is all, a sponsored by american taxpayer money is torture paid for by taxpayer dollars in these black projects and this has got to stop Uh, the other um, thing they do which is remote neural monitoring uh, it's also a patented uh, technique and i i'm not gonna go into it because it you know it really sounds like science fiction but it's not now it's all coming out in the open how they can remotely actually read your thoughts and and um and and do a lot of uh you know affect a little you know affect your emotions but the subliminal messaging that is going on is being done through these weaponized towers and that's what affects every american i i mean i don't know if you took the jab or not but I, I really believe that the people went like sheep to take the jab because of this subliminal messaging it was 24-7, you know, you're going to die, go go get the, get the vaccine, get the vaccine, because it's just not, you know, just, um, there's just no other way how to explain it. Uh, and then, and, and, they, and without entering into political correctness, let me give you an example. This past week, there was an article that 40% of students in Brown University identified as either gay or trans or, I, I mean, I don't know. We're not 40, what? 40, four zero. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Richard Lighthouse, who is our expert here in targeted justice, and he says that can only be attributed to subliminal messaging.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It, 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 it's not that they put something in their water or their food. No, no, no. This is about subliminal messaging.
2: The normal um, range is like one well, like one to 3%, one to 5% or something like that.
1: It's huge, it's huge. Uh, I thought it could have been up to seven, I don't know, but 40% identify as either gay or bi or trans. Or, I mean, I, look, at, look this article up because I was in a state of shock and we both got, came to the conclusion, that it's Brown University, it, it's about subliminal messaging it's affecting all americans it's interfering with your capacity to have your own judgment and that is part of the world governance that they are you know heading to uh that you have to think as as they tell you to think
2: wow it really is 40 percent.
3: <laughs>
1: you found it yeah yeah, I'm telling you. I don't speak lies, I tell you. I when I speak, I I, I speak the I try to speak the truth as most as possible. Yeah. So yeah. and that that is a prime example that it has got to do with subliminal messaging.
2: I mean the these people have to be also. I mean, you use the word sheep, but I I don't know what the correct terminology, I call them NPCs, like they're just robots running around everywhere. But if you have a, a, a remotely decently strong sense of self, even if something is whispering in your ear, hey, Gary, you're gay. I'm not going to just be like, "Oh yeah, cool. I am. I must be because the voice told me I was." Like there, it's like the people have no willpower whatsoever. If if you're going to somehow get half of them to to turn into whatever version of L- LGBTQ, ZY, whatever, then then it has to be some like they don't have will anymore.
1: One third of the population is highly suggestible. That's enough to sway an election. That's enough to have that forty percent number one third of the population doesn't have that what you say that it's a sense of self or like these very firm convictions that don't let them let let me give you an example as a targeted i am a targeted individual i am an attorney i was they tried to entrap me into committing so many crimes and so many ethical violations and i always stood my and i didn't know i was targeted And I always stood my ground and, and, you know, those values that my parents ingrained in me, uh, even though I was in terrible, terrible situation, they came through, they came through and held me up. And that's why they weren't able to put me, uh, in jail, you know, or, 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 or take away my title for me. So you have to have firm convictions. And today you can see not many people have that.
2: No, no i feel i feel like it's uh i feel like this world this realm and that's up for debate as far as i'm concerned as far as where we actually are but number one it's some sort of clown show that like on the political level it just makes no sense when, whatsoever and number two the power structure itself seems to operate under like a narcissistic spectrum output like it's gaslighting people that's the way that it that it gets people to, to try to to you know, listen to it. It gaslights them, it scares them, it threatens them, intimidates them. And then if you add like uh techn- technological weaponry such as as directed energy weapons or whatever you have, it's just like a an enhancement, a compliment to the thing trying to intimidate everybody. That's what it feels like to me. It doesn't I don't even feel any any I don't feel like a person out there is like, let's target all these people. I feel like it feels more like a, a technological intelligence to me that's organizing this that's what it feels like. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but like people have emotions and they have um weaknesses. They have, they're fallible. This, this like presentation and the fact that it has been swept under the rug for however many years, like you guys are still trying to get it to be believed on the world stage and you're still having lots of difficulty. However long it came after the, what like when did this first start happening? As far as, you know, when, who was the first complaint?
1: Well, this this program is really um, a fusion between MK Ultra, which happened in the fifties by the CIA, uh, these uh, mind control uh, experiments, and uh, Cointel Pro by the FBI, which was a Stasi uh, program by the FBI. They they fusion them into this program. So there have there are people that have been um, a targeted. Way before the Homeland Security Presidential Directive uh, 6 was issued in 2003, I think I believe the oldest TI that Targeted Justice knows of uh, dates back to 1989 or 92, something like that. Um, But it, it has gained momentum. Please bear in mind. There are more targeted individuals outside of the United States. We our estimates based on the numbers that were produced in the El Haiti versus Cable case. There's like six million people around the world, and outside of the United States, they suffer incredibly. I urge you to look at their videos: viatech Ikator. Those pages. They have videos, and uh, because it's really much more ruthless. Uh, the attacks there, and people don't dare say anything because they will put be put in a mental hospital automatically. Uh, so, you know, here it's taken decades. They're, 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 or we're, that, that's why I'm so hopeful because we are achieving a unity in the community because the, the goal is to to divide, you know, to disrupt, to divide so that the targeted individual is lonely, it's alone, and nobody believes them. And, uh, and and we are accomplishing a unity in the community to be one solid voice that will knock on Congress doors and say, you have to stop funding this. American dollars cannot be used for the torture of innocent civilians here and around the world.
2: I want to clarify... Um my own statement that i feel like it's artificial I, i'm not trying to insinuate that there are no human operatives involved I'm, what i'm trying to say is that my feeling space regarding the overall intellectual structure of how people are targeted why when etc that to me feels artificial i'm sure that all the pe- there are people of course involved and I, I also wanted to ask um so so say you are targeted one day you wake up and you feel targeted if you run to the hospital, if you run to the police station, if you call your mom or dad, like are these all co-opted in the sense that um, you're ma- mostly gonna meet with you are crazy. Like as far as mental health, if you went there, is there is there any group anywhere that would treat you as anything other than uh, insane?
1: My experience, I can tell you, it's only in targeted individual groups because even good people for example I had a doctor and I point blank asked her you believe me right and she said yes then when I called her again for an appointment she she was never available because these criminals because these are criminals a blackmail intimidate they will take away your license they will take away they will damage the electricity in your house You know, they they will do horrible things to people that help targeted individuals. So in the gang stalking manual, it is prohibited. They are prohibited from helping you. People are prohibited uh, (laughs) and they turn your family against you. So even your family doesn't help
2: you. But there's an actual manual, like, is it available? Yes, but uh,
1: in the targeted justice webpage, you can see one that was obtained from a European source. Uh, There is, for example, and and, and the way you know that there is such a thing is because the tactics they use, you know, now targeted individuals that they get together in these conference calls and they, and I urge you to, to get into one. So you listen in, you listen in to the pain, to the, to the suffering of innocent people for, for, for the sake of this heinous experiment. Uh, Well, so they use the same tactics. For example, I would get three flat tires in a year. And the same goes for most targeted individuals. They ha- a jack with the electronics in your car, in your house. Um, they come in and move the furniture. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's like a pattern that they do the same things um, to targeted individuals. They just do the same things, uh, not counting the physical attacks, which are, you know, they vary, but they uh, have a common thread. So, yes, there is a manual. There is a manual and they are prohibited from helping you. Uh, They are prohibited from giving you a a glass of water. I mean, that's how bad it is.
3: How much do you think, um, how
2: much involved is your or TI reactivity factor as far as whether it keeps happening how it happens it's like say you're say you're acting as a a buddha and you have no reaction all the way down to your internal very deep core of yourself are you going to still be targeted or is the thing or the person going to look at you and say well that's like me trying to target a rock and there's no point and i'm moving on
1: well i can tell you uh, a you will continue to be targeted because the point is uh, they do these things to make you think you're going crazy Mm -hmm. or a you know, and I can talk from, from my experience, you know, I I was targeted for over 23 years before I found out I was. And it's because it became so bad. But like bad things happened to me, and I'm like, well, that's my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh I did hear, I don't know if you know, from hearsay that there there are there was this one target that he really went along his life and bad things happened and he went along and he you know stopped being targeted. I don't I don't know that for a fact. Uh, I do think That uh, people do when you just focus, when you focus, you know, what what you focus is in what you get back, what you resist persists. So, uh, what we're trying to do is to have an optimistic um, outlook um, among TIs. And it's very hard because some people are attacked in in ways I cannot tell you uh, that are atrocious. If you want, I'll, I can privately tell you about them, eh, but they, they are atrocious. Uh, so it's very hard sometimes to say, okay, I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to put it away. Eh, but but certainly eh, that, that is what we're aiming for now that they put it aside so that we can engage in the activism that is going to bring this down. Eh, because not just a legal case suffices, we need the pressure in the press in congress in different arenas and that's why the community needs to be together and and you know muster the strength from from within
2: to do this uh it, it, it's it's very interesting to watch because i'm a part of some groups um like a few ti groups on facebook and i mean <laughs> half of them seem to be agents or or a certain percentage of them seem to be or it's just they themselves are you know listening to the whispers that their fellow TI is a perp rather than a you know a TI and then they start attacking each other and it all falls apart really quickly i feel like gr- the groups have been infiltrated quite successfully that's that's pro right is infiltrating groups as
1: exactly it's like the stasi and and uh, that you're you hit it the nail on the head because that is what the criminals do to divide the community, to uh, plant suspicion among each other. Uh, and, and some, most TIs have a severe case of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, PTSD, no PSD, P- yeah. PTSD. Uh, and, and it is because this is really, can be really debilitating. Let me tell you, 66% of TIs half B2K, that's 24 seven. Know, there are ways to minimize it with the bone conducting earphones. They're called a uh, shocks, aftershocks or something like that. And if you put white noise into them, uh, you can pretty much um, uh, cancel them out. Uh, but it is, it is a very debilitating uh, situation. It's the type of torture. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, Uh, we have to be tolerant of each other, but it's easy to say and hard to do uh, for people because I know that they undergo incredible torture.
2: I feel like this is almost bigger than it seems on the surface. I feel like it's very intricately linked with the, the power structure as it sits in this reality, which is why you're having so much difficulty trying to bring it to light because it's built inside of it that the self-defense mechanism for it is built into people's trying to talk about it so it's it's you're almost fighting against yourself by trying to call attention to it in some way but also you can't do nothing right it's very interesting
1: we we uh have accomplished a lot i believe just bringing You know, just just the filing of this complaint and the creating of the awareness and the uniting of the community is a huge accomplishment, in my opinion. We need to get the word out more because I know that Americans will be outraged to know that their taxpayer money is being used to torture people and to illegally classify them as terrorists. Their lives are stolen from them, literally. And... Um, it's just the government criminals have been, I'm sorry, I just, this is so dear to my heart because the government criminals have been intimidating and, um, press, they either block our emails and our communications or literally, like I had a journalist who confirmed, um, a, an interview and she stood me up and she didn't even apologize for it. So whether it was mind control, whether it was blackmail, I don't know which one it was. But uh, it's just, you know, it um, it defies the basic precepts of, in that case, politeness um, and professionalism. And also that this is the most important case uh, that has been filed in decades, Important for the United States, uh, and the reason is the three defendants, main defendants, are the three that got impeached, uh, that are have articles impeachment pending, Garland, Mayorkas, and Ray. Uh, the information in this complaint comes from official sources. This is not that I made it up. Uh, most one important detail is. That 97%, and this is going to blow your mind, 97% of the people on the terrorist screening database are not known or suspected terrorists. They don't meet the criteria. They are non-investigative subjects. And you have to wonder, how come a list created for the listing of known and suspected terrorists is, 97% of it is composed of non-terrorists? So what is you the criteria push. then? Huh? What
2: is, what is the criteria? Is there known criteria what? for that
1: 97%? Samuel Robinson, a deputy FBI a director, appeared in this case and said that they are there, placed there under secret criteria. I am not kidding you. <laughs> he put it under penalty of perjury that they are there for secret criteria. Wow. So um, that's what, you know, that's why we have uh, hope that uh, uh, we will uh, succeed in our appeal and targeted individuals, because what we sought was a national injunction to remove the names. We're not challenging the entire list. We are requesting the removal. She said, I think it's perfectly reasonable to ask for the removal of the names of innocent civilians that don't meet the reasonable grounds suspicion uh, or probable cause to be on that list because only 0.29% of the people on the list pursuant to a Department of Justice a audit report of the terrorist screening center, only 0.29% meet the terrorist criteria. So the rest have to be removed from there because this list is disseminated throughout the nation with false information that over 300,000 Americans are suspected terrorists.
2: I wanted to ask these three people you named, one of whom is Garland, who, who are these people? What, what do they represent? And why, why are they the ones being sued versus like the three-letter agencies or something? Well, Come
1: Garland on. is the attorney general his uh, uh, job is to supervise the FBI operations, make sure they comply, among other things, you know, uh, make sure they comply with the law and with the Constitution and that no civil rights are violated. Aside from that, when people have made uh, complaints to um, the FBI about their organized talking or their um, Directed energy weapons, FBI would be the only agency with the authority to investigate that. They have been dismissed as mentally unstable, and uh, the United States Department of Justice has the, the, a, a refrained from believing the victims. You know, they they allege they believe the victims, but in this case, no, there's no believing the victims. In fact, the DOJ in this case came to the court to say that they are delusional with fantastical allegations and conspiracy theories. The same Department of Justice that is supposed to defend innocent Americans illegally placed on a list. That's number one. The second one is Christopher Wray, who is the director of the FBI. He is responsible. He is the one that has the ultimate say in the policies of placing innocent Americans on a terrorist list that should not, they shouldn't be there. Uh, and also Charles Cable, who is the director of the terrorist screening center that is in charge of the prep, uh, preparation and maintenance of this list. Alejandro Mayorkas, he is the director, uh, the secretary of the Homeland Security Department of Homeland Security and Kenneth Weinstein, who is his uh, undersecretary for intelligence. Uh, these two have been brought uh, in their official and personal capacity because they are the ones in charge of implementing the policies on the fusion centers that go out you know, and pretty much send out vigilantes against innocent Americans that are illegally placed on the list to stalk them and to harass them. So that's, those are the six persons that are uh, officials of the United States government, aside from the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI that were also included because they disseminate the information in violation, the false information on innocent Americans uh, pursuant to the Privacy Act
3: what what about the i know len you
2: had a doctor verify that you had actual physical effects from this how how does that tie into the court proceedings and will they recognize that as evidence or do you not know yet well
0: my personal case uh, is such that uh, i do not uh, i do not know if my name is on the tsdb because uh, my request uh, um to the fbi um was returned unanswered for the uh, for the reason of national security um however i am i am diagnosed with uh, havana syndrome or um um the version the m- medical version of it uh it, it it's, it's quite complicated but i was diagnosed by the same team that uh, diagnosed uh, US uh, uh, personnel returned from Cuba. So I have uh, the same kind of vestibular damage, which is a hallmark of Havana syndrome. Uh, we also recently seen um, a shift in terminology uh, because Robert McRae, uh, somebody who advises NATO on uh, the emerging technology, proposed this term in 2021, a Neurostrike. And that is a much more fitting uh, term that describes the attacks um, um, inflicted upon the victims of uh, this technology. So Havana syndrome would be if uh, neurostrike strike. Um, is um, is a version of concussion, then uh, Havana syndrome would be um, equivalent to mtbi so um, that's the sort of the framework but the havana syndrome is not a medically recognized it's not in the classification of diseases it it just goes under brain injury other um, so uh but the military has um uh, uh it's in their classification it's called ubi uh, unintentionally uh i'm sorry unconventionally acquired uh brain injury and it talks about um, um, directed energy. So to conclude, I have a, a for, I'm have formally diagnosed, my case have been uh, forwarded to the DOD by the neuro weapon expert, but I do not have any information whether my name is on the terrorist searching database because I have been refused um, that answer. However, people with similar Um, Experiences have been told that they're on the uh, terrorist search and terrorist screen database, and that's the legal theory. In this case, this is what we're trying to prove. This is the um, this is this is the the most plausible theory that we have to connect these atrocities with uh, people being listed on uh, this database.
2: It's, it's, it's kind of like astounding that this can be so big and yet so far successfully everyone's written off as as psychopath or not, you know schizophrenic or whatever so that's very surprising to me that has gone this far but i wanted to say if havana syndrome has been recognized as being real right and it is on some level it has been recognized as being real on some level right then how can the court look at your case and say they're making it all up because the precedent has already been established so why is that why does that work i don't understand
1: well uh, allow me to tell you that one of the allegations in the complaint is particularly in the context of the havana syndrome is that the national academies of sciences and engineering issued a report concluding that havana syndrome is caused by a directed energy weapons that study was cited in the complaint. And even though we did cite it, uh, the court still placed between quotations the term directed energy weapons as if it was a fictional concept. Uh, So there is no other cause of Havana syndrome other than directed energy weapons attacks. And the CIA director admitted on TV that no foreign power was responsible for the Havana syndrome cases in the embassy. That only leaves one culprit, and that is the United States Space Force operating these weapons. They not only use satellite towers, but they also use satellites, blocking G- marketing satellites that track every single human being on earth. I am um, creating the awareness that a lot of people have the artificial tinnitus that all of a sudden you hear it, and um, you didn't have that before. And what that is, is the a, an indication that you're being tracked by these uh, GPS satellites. There's also barcader weapons on these satellites, some of these satellites. And so um, they're, like you said, it's too huge because there's a lot of people making money of the torture of innocent civilians, and this has got to stop. Um, We need the American public to be aware of this and help us stop this monstrosity. This is not invented. Nobody, you know what? Reality exceeds imagination in this case. Mm -hmm. You cannot make this up. When you hear the stories of the real TIs, there there is no outrageous imagination that can concoct the reality that many TIs
3: live.
2: Yeah, there's like, Len, when you were asking me earlier, how, how did I go from uh, possibly being a skeptic to to believing? And I, I I would say, I don't think I was ever an actual skeptic. And that's only because I, I witnessed how this reality operates and the power structure, and it always operates in the same exact way. And that's to, put the fingers in the ears, close your eyes, no, 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 I can't hear anything, like, you just run and hide and pretend nothing exists, and therefore, anything that makes a modicum of sense, uh, and there's some evidence for it, then that's likely to be the case, like, science fiction books are more likely to be closer to reality than whatever comes out on CBS or NBC or any of these these stations whatsoever, it's, and, and the pendulum has swung so far, in my mind, to where um, they, they they don't really talk about anything anymore. As far as mainstream, it's complete empty nonsense. It's it's like the economy, and, and and the it's gone so far that there's nothing is actually talked about, literally nothing. And then if you want to find some substance in the information, you have to go find like my channel or Len or a few people who have somehow escaped that monstrous. It's like uh the the nothing and and the never ending story about right? this oppressive force that just like rolls over everything. It's silenced and. Uh, turn most people into sheep or robots, but the the few percentage of us that aren't that, we still have to live our lives. We still have to be able to you know make intelligent decisions and support ourselves financially or emotionally, spiritually, all these things. And and it, it is difficult. Like I'm not a TI per se, but I have to live here in this reality, and the whole thing is oppressive
3: as far as I'm concerned. Uh,
0: my last question to you, Gary. The question that I've been wanting to ask for a long time, uh, you uh, you're someone who uh, has a um, an analytical mind. Uh, you're an avid chess player, which tells me a lot about people's uh, a person's intelligence and and, and cognition. Um, you also describe yourself as a fan of uh, so-called accounts razor. So my question to you is do you think it is prudent to apply Occam's razor to uh, something like a targeting phenomenon?
2: I would say only in the sense only in the sense of reducing your own personal overwhelm only in that sense not I'm not saying uh, ignore any of the facets that are presented to you but if you realize that this situation is very large in terms of power structure and reach, very, very, very large, if you try to take all the stuff, like it'll blow you over and you're gonna go cartwheeling down the road, like you can't do that. So, Occam's Razor just says the the efficient path is the best path. Like, if if you can go straight from point A to point B, do that. Don't don't take a bunch of detours. So. That's that's all I'm saying. Like when I when I say I live by Occam's razor, I, I don't add lots of extraneous fluff in my movements. I just go to the point unless I'm trying to, you know, be chaotic and random, which ha- which has its uses also, especially in terms of targeting. If you can keep your mind, uh, you know, flying all over the place, it doesn't give th- these things have physical hooks. I feel like in when they're targeting minds, not only do they have to get the thumbprint, so to speak, in order to lock on it's also trying to hold you in place. So if you can keep your mind like chaotic and keep your emotional volatility level below a certain threshold, and that's something that you can work on, like you can work on not being reactive internally like that, then you basically fly under the
3: radar.
0: I would like to add that as to me, the Occam's razor does not apply. To a targeting phenomenon sim- simply because there is an intelligent agent behind this phenomenon so when you look at you know um uh, something natural that does not uh, involve an intelligent agent it is it is easy to uh, say that okay well if i have a puddle of water then it came f- from somewhere and then you, you you look for a source but that's, that does not involve any intelligence. In case of targeting, not only an intelligent agent is behind it, it's an intelligent a- agent capable of deceit, misinformation, moreover, it's an intelligent agent that has been studied human uh, cognition And so therefore it can utilize your personal cognitive and emotional vulnerabilities. So for example, when you're saying, um, here's a targeted individual and he goes to, or she goes to um, uh, the relatives and the friends and then describes the situation. The first thing that comes to their mind is something psychologically or psychiatrically off with this person. That is a typical Occam's razor. And if you understand that this Occam razor has been weaponized to to take advantage of these people's thinking, then you will understand that under no circumstance, Occam's razor could be a useful um tool of cognition to understand this phenomenon because of what I previously said does it make any sense to you Gary and do you have any comments
2: yeah that explanation does make sense Um, and I think that that idea can be applied across the board to how people's minds work nowadays and I, I was talking about this recently thinking about it recently in in that The aware people, the so-called aware community, (laughs) not woke, but like people who who still have cognitive function, and and that's not a whole lot, but um, even those guys, especially those guys, they have mental boxes, gut reaction responses to things, and they will say everything is a psyop, everything is controlled opposition, And even if they don't go so far to do blanket statements like that to you, those terms also have all been weaponized every single one of them is weaponized. When you say it's controlled opposition, the chances that you are saying something useful is less than 10% maybe in my mind, it's like we have to retool our language even to to be able to actually get at the thing because the mind control is so like (laughs) it's in every neuron basically like it's sitting there waiting for you when you have a thought about anything to swoop in and say oh this is just that and yes that gut reaction response if if you can term that as occam's razor then yes that's not it's not correct and and again that's not what i'm saying like i'm saying for myself occam's razor my mind holds vast amounts of information that I don't even want to have. Sometimes there's too much information. So for me to stay sane while I'm navigating my own mind field, I you know, condense it down to something simple and something that 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 I keep the pointers to the baskets of information. And that's what I keep present on consciously uh, the surface of my mind. And that's Occam's razor. It's like I navigate the surface of the ocean via these little markers. And yes those markers can be uh tainted and 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 co-opted and a lot of them are but if you know about that then you're not picking the co-opted uh indicator is what i'm saying
0: all right fair enough i i understand your point very well well we're coming uh, our show is coming to an end and uh, as usual we would like uh to hear your words of wisdom um or your whatever's on your mind um Anna you go first please
1: yeah well I you know how you say let's what are we going to say was the topic of this show today and I have to say it's the the miracle show because both you and I I assume you know I I perceived from you that it was a physically difficult day and it was very difficult for me too but you know, we when we set our minds to accomplish something, we muster the power to do anything, and uh, and that's a miracle. And that's why I want you know targeted individuals to. I know it's very hard, but muster the strength that you have within uh, to help us all beat this monster.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, Anna. Gary, how about you?
3: um well i kind of
2: default to the position that like that's what i do i i I try to like go way back to the beginning the big bang whatever like what spawned everything and i always come to the conclusion that we're all some form of, of god particle playing games on some level on some sense and with that as the basis of realities of multiverse gonna have really bad situations you're gonna have really good situations you're gonna have trap situations and if and keep this in mind if every single being that has a sentience is a god particle okay to start with then they have equal power across the board okay there's no one that's powerful more powerful no one that's bigger okay so if you remember that the way to um beat a, a fellow god particle it's to convince them that they're a little piece of dirt. They're not worth anything. You know, they're weak and so on. And you apply that to targeted individuals. Uh, how, how, how are you going to operate in that, within that game set? You're going to intimidate. You're going to bully. You're going to tell people they're worthless. All the things that you see, you're going to gaslight. So just remember, like, at the very base, you're just as powerful as anybody else. So you just have to figure out how to, like, pull that. And you'll be fine.
0: I understand, Gary. Those are those are words to um, really digest and think about it, uh, and it definitely offers your unique perspective. Um, you you don't think like every everyone else, and that's one of the reasons I wanted you to be on the on the show to give your unique perspective. As far as uh, my thoughts about this week this is sort of a a great reset for us. We have been um, kicked out of the uh, Texas court. The uh, judge said, I'm dismissing you. And most of your claims I'm dismissing with prejudice. But when I'm reading her decision, certain things just don't sit with me. One of the things is When she refers to directed energy, she puts it in quotation marks. Why? Directed energy isn't a budget. Directed energy weapons are in development. Neurostrike Chinese technology is operational. And and we have a judge who are just technologically uninformed making these decisions and putting quotation marks around directed energy. Well, if that's the case, maybe we should put quotation marks around the word money when we pay for this directed energy. It's just inconceivable. But nevertheless, let's not look back. Let's look forward. Uh, Louisiana, Fifth Circuit, here we come. And we will be continuing covering this Extraordinary Lawsuit, TJ v. Garland, until all targeted individuals are free. See you next Sunday, rain or shine.